0: Hey guys, welcome to the Well Community Church online together. Uh, It's great that you can make us part of your weekend or whenever it is you're going to be watching this and wherever. Uh, It kills me that we can't be together in person, but I'm loving the technology that we have that makes it uh, possible to still be able to connect with one another uh, live and through Facebook, YouTube, all the various channels. Um, So thanks for making us part of your weekend. And whether you've been attending The Well for a while now, checking us out online for a bit, or you're brand new to discovering who we are, we are a church located in Binbrook, Ontario, which is part of the city of Hamilton. And um, maybe you're just looking for a pastor, you're looking for some spiritual guidance and direction in the midst of these uncertain times. And I just wanna say welcome. Uh, Thanks for being here, you're in good company. This is just a place for us to connect with one another, to encourage each other, and to keep our eyes focused on the person of Jesus and the hope that we have that's found in him. Uh, So I hope you enjoy this evening and our time together. Um, Feel free to comment as you'd like and connect with one another in the uh, comments if you're watching on Facebook or on YouTube and just interact um, that way. Also, I wanted to let you know that In addition to just the message this week, I've also tried to put together an order of worship. It can be found on our website, www.thewellbinbrook.com. And if you'll look there, you'll see our link to Facebook, link to YouTube. This video is going live there as well. And uh, it also comes with, uh, we put together an at-home worship playlist with links to Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. Uh, we've put uh, some discussion questions up there, uh, an opportunity for giving because even though our, our, we're not meeting in person, our mission to the community hasn't stopped or hasn't ceased or slowed down by any means. We're trying to do our best to still be a faithful witness uh, to our community. And there's also some suggested prayer as well with some items to pray for. We also launched a new page on our website. Along the top menu bar, you'll see prayer requests. You can actually click that and submit prayer requests and know that you're being prayed for. And um, I know there's a lot of concerns and fears and doubts right now. Um, feel free to just post what's on your heart there or if there's even anything to celebrate. Um, we'd love to to pray with you over that as well. But um, we are looking into how to incorporate more worship. Uh, I know I've talked to Chris a couple times and we're going to chat some more this weekend about how we can possibly incorporate worship in our time together on Saturdays, but perhaps also throughout the week. Whether it's a Zoom uh, hangout room and we have some worship there, or if it's some pre-recorded stuff that we can post throughout the week, just to keep a posture of worship and our eyes fixed on Jesus um, every day of the week. Now, we're also looking at how to best involve the kids and engage them, because I know parents, you're at home right now thinking, what do I do with my kids while we're in isolation? Um, Megan put together an awesome video this week. Uh, She's launched a new kids program online. That's on our YouTube channel as well. And it will also be on our website, thewellbinbrook.com. And she has a coloring page. Uh, She talks to them. She has videos and a song for them to learn. And perhaps we can also set up a Zoom hangout there as well. I know my son had one this week where he uh, just had a Lego playdate with one of his friends from from school. And they just built Lego uh, and looked at each other's creations through the screen. So uh, there's a lot of uh, resources available to us. If you have any ideas, make sure to shoot me an email at kevin at thewellbinbrook.com. We'd love to hear that. But let me just open up in a word of prayer and then we'll get into our message this evening. Heavenly Father, God, we are meeting together in less than ideal circumstances, but I am so thankful that we have the technology available to us that allows us to still gather to keep our eyes fixed on you. God, I think of the passage in Hebrews where it says, don't don't give up and don't neglect meeting together. And I'm just so thankful that even though we have to remain socially distant right now, that uh, we still have these means to be able to connect and uh, encourage one another in our journeys and relationships with you. God, help us to be a non-anxious presence in our community. Help us to love our community well during this time and love our neighbors well. And God, I just pray that for those of us who are grieving, I know there have been people who have lost loved ones due to this disease. And they're grieving and God this disease is gonna have a ripple effect on families on um, finances on just so much and it's not just an isolated case this is global but God we know that although we may grieve those losses we have a hope that's found in you God, pour out your love upon us, bring healing to those who are suffering, bring a peace and a comfort to those who are left in the wake of uh, loss and devastation. And God, um, continue to strengthen our frontline workers, those who are continuing to do their jobs so that we can actually have the opportunity to stay at home and make sure we're trying to help flatten this curve. God, move your hand in a mighty way to heal this world. And God, I pray that you speak to us now as we gather digitally and virtually, but it's still on your word that's unchanging. And it points us to you who never changes. God, help us. To keep our eyes fixed on you in the midst of the uncertainty and in the days ahead, in your name we pray. Amen. All right, so we're going to be picking up in the book of Acts. We've been journeying through this now. This is our ninth week, I believe, and um, we were just about to enter into Acts chapter five. And over the last couple of weeks, we looked at Acts chapter four and. The series that we've been doing is called Seize the 167, following Jesus every hour of the week, not just this one hour that we meet together. And I thought, what better book of the Bible to be studying right now than the book of Acts? Because that group of people 2,000 years ago, they were trying to figure out how to follow Jesus in the midst of this new thing that was happening. And that's a similar situation that we're in today how do we follow Jesus in the midst of what's happening Um, because what we've come to know as church it's rapidly changing like take for example we're communicating over Facebook or YouTube but we're communicating digitally right now because we can't meet together in person and one person on Facebook this week uh, said this the church has left the building and I love that because as we have said many times the church isn't a building the church is the people and that's similar to what uh, Peter and John and the disciples are are facing right here in Acts is they're trying to figure out how do we follow Jesus in this new movement because he's no longer just in the temple and the Holy of Holies but he's moving out to Solomon's porch and to Jerusalem Judea Samaria and to the ends of the world so it's a pretty fitting text that we're going to be looking at. A pretty fitting journey that we're on. And um, yeah, as we looked at last week in Acts chapter 4, Luke was showing us that this, this community that was forming and that it, they were operating as this new and true community that God had always intended and that they had been waiting for. Because you see, following Jesus isn't just this individual journey, it's not just this me and Jesus thing, it's it's this communal activity that we engage in as well. And it's a way of taking care of one another and looking out for each other's needs. So not only were they just meeting together for prayer, uh, for worship fellowship, studying scripture, uh, they were literally and tangibly taking care of one another's needs. and. They were not just selling excess stuff that they had. They were actually selling extra properties they even had, and they were taking that money to the disciples, and they were allowing them to do with the money um, what they needed to to make sure one another's needs were being met. And the question that I believe that kept driving their movement and that they kept coming back to is the same question that we're grappling with. How do we follow Jesus every hour of the week with Jesus as the true king of the world? And that's the question I want to wrestle with tonight. And as we're going to see, I believe following the way of Jesus means being authentic and participating in his new kingdom by taking care of one another's needs. So let's get to the text. If you have your Bibles, flip with me to Acts chapter 5. Um it's probably best that you do have a Bible right now. So even if you have your phone and the YouVersion Bible app, uh, that's a great version. Um, it, it Follow along because it's going to be a little bit harder to put up. I don't have a screen behind me or anything. But I will try and work my uh, magic to get something up so you can follow along on the screen as well if you don't have a physical Bible. But let's read Acts chapter 5 starting in verse 1. But there was a certain man named Ananias, who with his wife Sapphira sold some property. He brought part of the money to the apostles, claiming it was the full amount. With his wife's consent, he kept the rest. Then Peter said, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit and you kept some of the money for yourself. The property was yours to sell or not sell as you wished. And after selling it, the money was also yours to give away. How could you do a thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but to God. As soon as Ananias heard these words, he fell to the floor and died. Everyone who heard about it was terrified. Then some young men got up, wrapped him in a sheet, and took him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, "Was the price you and your husband received, or was this the price you and your husband received for the land?" Yes, she replied, that was the price." And Peter said, how could the two of you even think of conspiring to test the spirit of the Lord like this? The young men who buried your husband are just outside the door, and they will carry you out too. Instantly, she fell to the floor and died. When the young men came in and saw she was dead, they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear gripped the entire church and everyone else who heard what had happened. The apostles were performing many miraculous signs and wonders among the people, and all the believers were meeting regularly at the temple in the area known as Solomon's colonnade. But no one else dared to join them, even though all the people had high regard for them. Yet more and more people believed and were brought to the Lord, crowds of both men and women. As a result of the apostles' work, sick people were brought out into the streets on beds and mats so that Peter's shadow might fall across some of them as he went by. Crowds came from the villages around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those possessed by evil spirits, and they were all healed. So let's start by clearing the air. Uh, This is an uncomfortable story. Uh, You've got this guy, Ananias, who, with his wife, keeps part of the money from the sale of their property, um, and they bring the rest of the money to the church pretending that this is all the money that they have from the sale and Peter then unleashes on him and Ananias falls to the floor and dies So understandably the people who are witnessing this they're freaked out some young guys come in take the body away and bury it Three hours later Sapphira his wife has no idea what's going on and the same conversation is had between her and Peter And then she falls over and dies right then right there And everybody's freaked out all over again. It's uncomfortable, right? But let's not forget, as we're going to see, following the way of Jesus means being authentic and participating in his kingdom by taking care of one another's needs. So let's make a few observations on this text. Because first we have to talk about economics and generosity. Luke, the writer of this book, the book of Acts, he's he's telling us a story. And I don't mean it's this fictional story. It's not made up. But what I mean is that he's designing and crafting this story in such a way to deliver a message. And one of the things that he wants us to know at the end of chapter 4, which again we looked at last week, is that God's grace was so powerfully at work among them that there were no needy persons among them. Because you see, according to Luke, one of the most direct results of the grace of God at work is people taking care of each other's material needs. I want to say that again. According to Luke, one of the most direct results of the grace of God at work is people taking care of each other's material needs. This means food, water, clothing, shelter, toilet paper, health care. There's not an energy of hoarding. There's not a spirit of selfishness or self-preservation. In other words, grace isn't this abstract theological concept or idea, but it's a reality that leads us to take care of one another. You see, grace has implications. Grace leads us somewhere. It moves us grace creates this human connection and community that's grounded in real needs being met by real people in real ways so what's been interesting with this pandemic with covid 19 is that by being forced to socially distance ourselves from one another i believe it's actually showing us just how much we truly need each other how we need to look out for one another and avoid this this spirit of hoarding like For example, those pictures where you see the elderly going to the stores to get some food or toilet paper and the shelves are just empty because they didn't have a chance to get there quicker. Grace has implications. A few weeks ago, most of the world, knowingly or unknowingly, kind of worked off this belief. They worked off the belief that we're we're on our own. We're each on our own that it's up to me to make my way in this world, to figure it out, to work hard, to get what I want, to get what I need. But what Luke is showing us in this text is that in the early church, you weren't on your own. There were people looking out for you, people who had your back, people who stepped in and made sure that you had what you needed. And what this pandemic is reminding us of is the fact that we're created to be in relationship, That We need each other. In fact, in the New York Times, Kevin Roos said this earlier this week. If there's a silver lining in the crisis, it may be that the virus is forcing us to use the internet as it was always meant to be used, to connect with one another, share information and resources, and come up with collective solutions to urgent problems. That quote feels like it's coming straight from the book of Acts, written for the modern day. So let's follow the example of the early church. Let's look out for others, have each other's back, step in and make sure others have what they need. And not just during this COVID-19 pandemic, but as a way of following Jesus in all of our days ahead. So now we need to talk about Peter, because what's the deal with this guy, right? Like, why does he unleash on this couple? Isn't the church supposed to be about grace? Wasn't it gener- generous enough that these people gave money at all to the church? But let me clarify something right off the start. This isn't about the money. It's simply not. Peter even explains that they could have done whatever they wanted with the money. So to, or, in order to understand what this is about, we need to look at some of the backstory. Because Peter has a p- bit of a past. If you know anything at all about Peter, you probably know he was a follower of Jesus. He was one of the 12 disciples. And this guy makes mistakes on many occasions. The, the person who, when things got difficult, denied knowing Jesus three times, even though he did know Jesus, that's this guy, Peter. But now things have changed, and Peter's in charge of the church. So having learned this lesson in authenticity, you can see why this might matter to him now. Because like I said, this isn't about the money. Nowhere in this passage do we even see a hint of greed. Rather, what gets Peter fired up is the dishonesty. It's the pretending. In other words, if you sell your land and keep the money, that's fine. If you sell your land and give your money to the church to distribute to those in need, that's fine. But whatever you do, according to Peter, don't come in here making a show of your generosity, giving people the impression that this is all the money, when it isn't. Don't be inauthentic. Because you see, few things will kill the life of a community faster than pretending. And as I said, it's not about the money. It never was. It's about participation. It's about stepping into this new world with Jesus as the true king. And it's about each of us doing our part whenever we're able to, contributing to the common good. Another thing this current pandemic is, is doing, it, it's ruining our sense of individualism. We, we may be isolated from each other, but I believe it's showing us that we still need one another. And we always have. But sometimes you might not have anything to give. You won't have any money or resources. You might not even have any hope to share. But it's in those moments that we still need one another. We need to know that we're not alone. Even as we're talking to each other through a computer right now, or however it is you're watching this or listening to this, know that you're not alone. You have people who love you, care for you, have your back. And better yet, you have a God who knows you and loves you and is with you and has your back. In fact, this is the hope of the gospel, that God loves you so much that he came to be with you in the person of Jesus and to set you free. And we're invited To follow him and participate with him in this new kingdom, which transforms our lives and our world. But now we have to deal with the most difficult aspect of this text. And this is the New Testament, and someone dies. You may hear people talking about the two parts of the Bible. Where you have the Old Testament, which is the bloody and violent part, where God takes out people at random. uh, Or you have the New Testament which is God's a bit nicer because Jesus and nobody dies. But the truth is, there's a fair bit of death still in the New Testament. Read Revelation. But there's also a lot of love and generosity in the Old Testament. So I believe we need to move beyond these simple and broad categories of, of the old and the new. Because the Bible is so much more complex. And that's because life, Is so much more complex. So let me point out something. In this passage, God is actually never blamed for these deaths. Ananias and Sapphira fall over dead, but God killing them is simply not in the text. Which means we need to take great caution in how we read and how we connect events. You see, at the time this was written, there was this more mythical and magical worldview. Storms came because of conflict between the gods. Droughts happened because you didn't appease the gods. Empirical evidence was not the lens through which people saw the world. So let me put it another way. Say you're in Shoppers Drug Mart here in town and you're getting, you're stocking up on some supplies, and suddenly this guy busts in, wearing all black, ski mask, waving a gun, yelling, and demanding all the money from the cashier. So as everyone, including yourselves, kind of standing there frozen, watching this all go down, trying not to make a move or make a sound, this guy grabs the cash, runs out the door to get hit by a truck. What are you doing in that moment, that moment when that happens? You're probably thinking, Something along the lines of, good, this guy had it coming, serves him right, karma. But what we're doing is connecting two events. Guy rob shoppers, gets hit by truck. We're we're connecting and saying, the one event led to the other event. Justice. You reap what you sow. See, your mind is naturally wanting to connect these events. It's ingrained. We can't help it. So now, go back 2,000 years earlier, and you can see how people, and the way they understood the gods, would connect these events. And now as modern and postmodern people, we want explanations for exactly what happened. And in the absence of explanations, we actually create them. We kind of say, well, maybe it was this, or maybe it was that. But what I'm saying is we need to be careful of doing that still today, and what's going on in our current world and situation. We need to be careful and use great caution in how you connect events. I believe all of our speculation and best guesses as to whether this was God killing them, whether Peter knew they were going to die, or if it's an example of supernatural judgment, I believe all of those questions miss the power of the story. The farther we go down that rabbit hole to try and figure those things out too, the more we move away from the power of the story that's able to transform us and wake us up. Because you see, Luke wants us to know that the resurrection of Jesus led to the formation of a community of generous and honest people who gave themselves to the well-being of one another and doing whatever they needed to do to make sure they had their needs met. That's the power of this story. That's the power of Jesus. You see, they were very aware of the divine presence of the Holy Spirit in the midst, leading them, convicting them, giving them hope that a better world is really possible right here and right now when we all do our part. It's through the power of the resurrected Jesus. And this is why and how The verses from 12 to 16 continue to go on and show us that they were healing people, that they were performing miraculous signs and wonders. They knew it was the power of God at work among them. So they continued to preach in the name of Jesus. Because you see, it's through the power of the resurrected Jesus and the Holy Spirit that we too have the ability and the capacity to help others, to love others, to care for others. You see, following Jesus means that loving God is our first commandment, but I believe loving our neighbor proves our love for God. Following the way of Jesus means being authentic, participating in this new new kingdom by taking care of one another's needs. So what does this look like today as we're all locked in our homes? Well. During this time of social distancing, it's going to look different for everyone. But like I said, even just the term of social distancing, it it kills me. It goes against everything that I believe and I long for in relationships and in community. But I also believe that social distancing is a form of social justice. See, we don't do it out of fear. We don't do it out of hoarding energy or self-preservation. We do it simply out of love to care for one another, in particular, the most vulnerable among us. So as an act of love right now, continue to stay home, but continue to stay in touch. Utilize the technology that we have to to call family and friends to stay more connected than ever. And most importantly, to set aside time each day to focus on your relationship with Jesus. Stay grounded in him. So I wanna leave you with a few suggestions that I saw one pastor give on Instagram the other day on how we can practice following Jesus in the days ahead and to stay grounded. And these six daily practices are simply, number one, stick to a strict bedtime wake up time to stay rested and to meet the day in quiet before anything digital. Just maybe for the first 15 minutes, Just open your Bible and just sit with God and listen to what He's saying to you. The second is practice contemplative prayer. Don't just speak to God, don't just pour out your requests. You can do that, but listen to Him as well. Listen to His still small voice and what He's saying to you. Three, schedule some daily cardio and exercise anxiety in the air, anxiety is in the air we can feel it in our bodies and I believe it's good to get in touch with our bodies and what they're saying to us Four, talk a lot to family and friends on the phone uh, if you can uh, FaceTime them uh, video call them L- let them know that you're there and that you love them you're thinking about them five limit your news intake to twice a day this is a huge one uh, Sure, stay up to date, but it can be overwhelming. I'm actually finding more than the, the news, it's actually all the churches that are sharing just a billion great ideas, but I'm finding that overwhelming. So I've had to limit that to just check in a couple times a day. Um, and then last, notice and limit any escapist behaviors, alcohol, sugar, Netflix. Um, pay attention if you're going there and, and limit those. I believe all of this is going to help us stay grounded in our bodies, in the moment, and above all, uh, God. So let's use this time to really focus on our relationships. And just a quick reminder before I close in prayer, the order of worship is on our website. So if you'd like to go there, thewellbinbrook.com, to have some suggestions for um, some uh, worship, uh, time of prayer, giving, it's all on there. Um, Reach out to us if you need anything at all. We're we're here for you, we want to do the best we can. Uh, We know that there are difficult days ahead and uh, keep keep us in the loop so we can walk alongside and journey with you. And depending on how you're watching this or listening to it, I would love for you to like and subscribe and to share um, so that you can stay up to date with what's happening and you can let others know what's happening in our community as well. And we have a unique opportunity to spread the good news of Jesus right now, the hope that we have in Jesus in the midst of this pandemic. So it's my prayer that we'll be able to do whatever we can to help those around us. But let me just close in prayer and then a quick benediction. Heavenly Father, God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for loving us so much, even in the midst of our mistakes And our screw-ups. That you came to be with us and to make it possible for, for us to be brought back into a relationship with you. God, as we seek to love you and follow you, help us to be authentic in who we are. Recognizing that it's through your son, Jesus, that we are made perfect. God, help us to continue to participate in your kingdom activity by taking care of one another. God, bless us as we continue to bless those around us. God, we acknowledge that we're facing some pretty scary times and um, there's just fear in our midst. God, but may you continually remind us that in you there's nothing to fear. We pray for the eradication of COVID-19, for the healing of those who are sick, And God, help us to just continue to be a non-anxious presence of peace and love in our community. We surrender ourselves to you as the true king of this world. Thank you for being in control. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I look forward to the days that we can come back together, uh, meet in person as the Well Community Church, but for now... Um, Follow some of the suggestions to continue your time together online in worship and stay faithful to the peace and the presence of Jesus. May his grace and peace be with you. Amen.